Good evening to all of you. A blessed Mother's Day to every mother and grandmother who is here. You all are precious in the sight of God as well as you are precious in the sight of our family of PCC. Now, we are so happy that we are back from Nepal safely. We are so glad that there was no earthquake while we are there. And uh, we really enjoyed ourselves, the team and uh, the whole team enjoyed them ourselves. Uh, the, the daytime was hovering about 26 degrees. The nighttime was cold. It was really cold up in the mountains. So you can see all of us crawling into our, into our what do you call, sleeping bag and curl up because to keep our body heat there. So we are so happy that we are back in, uh, Malaysia, in, in Penang, in Malaysia, though we would have expected that it will be sunny, but when we touched down, it was wet. It was raining. But nevertheless, praise God, all of us uh, arrived back safely. This evening, I'm going to share on the uh, Mother's Day message. Before I start off, let's commit this time to the Lord. Father, we thank you for everyone who is gathered here. Lord, we welcome the Holy Spirit. We welcome your presence here with us. We ask that, Lord God, may we be encouraged through your word in, how, in what your word will say and speak to each and every one of us. God, we ask for your fresh anointing to come even now, O Lord. And we ask that, Lord God, even as we listen to your word, May the Holy Spirit speak to us and convict our hearts and to encourage us, O God, through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The senior pastor and Pastor Lydia is not here this evening. They are actually uh, on the way to KL. They would have arrived, they would already have arrived uh, in KL. They will be back somewhere on Wednesday. Yeah, the other thing also we would like to say is that the family sukaria is now officially closed. Our target was 350, but we have hit the 400 and above mark. So we want to say that it's officially uh, close. Yeah. Mothers who are here today, you know, everybody expects a mother to be able to do everything. They expect the mother to have a word S in front, that is a super mother. It is what every children or even husbands uh, expect of their wife and mother. Because why? A mother needs to wear many hats. And they change roles every so often. Sometimes they put on the head of a teacher. They put on the head of a doctor. They put a on the head of a nurse. They put on the head of a counsellor. And the least can go on. And so everybody places an expectation on mothers. They don't always have enough sleep. If they have young children, they will always wait until their children goes to bed. Then only they will sleep. Or they, and they will always wake up early before their children even wakes up. Why? Because they want to prepare breakfast for their children and also to make sure that the children wake up on time to either go to kindergarten or even to go to school. So a mother's job is never easy. 
It is not easy. For all of you who are mothers here, you will be able to understand, you'll be able to identify that, yes, being a mother is never easy. Because why? Mothers, many a times, they feel overwhelmed. They feel under-equipped. They feel undervalued. They feel unappreciated and also unrecognized. Children, many a times, we take our mothers for granted. We don't appreciate our mothers when, we, when they advise us, when they tell us, when they give us good advice. We always think that they are like a mosquito flying around our ears. And they say, can you stop nagging? Actually, it's not that they are nagging because they loved us. We don't appreciate nor recognize the things that they do for us. Simple things like filling up your water bottle before you go to school with water. Make sure that you have fresh water. We know that some of you don't drink water. Your mother fills it up for you. You take it back the same amount. Yeah. And then your mother says, well, you are not drinking water. And then there's a mosquito coming again. Yeah. That's why I said being a mother is never easy. Susa. Sometimes you wish, mom, why can't you be like dad? Dad never say anything. One Drink water, don't drink water. He doesn't care. Yeah. Oh, water. Oh, full. Ah, full, ah, full. Okay. Then they go back and do whatever they think. But no, mothers will give you a three-point sermon why you should be drinking water. This is a photo of my mum. There's Asher in the centre. My mum obviously is on the left. The one on the right is my dad. My mother loves me and cares for her three children when we are growing up. At the time, I'm also like many of the children today, like a mosquito. And so sometimes I say, Mom, can you please stop nagging? Can you please don't keep on reminding me? That's why I tell my mom. But my mother was very persistent. She cared for us when we were sick. She will never go to bed if we have a temperature or I have a temperature. She will make sure that in the middle of the night, she will wake up and touch my forehead. She will ensure that she takes my temperature. Make sure that I take my medication. That's what mothers will do. That's how much they are willing to sacrifice their sleep for us. They will always stay with us and help us with our homework to make sure that we finish our homework. That's what a mother will do. You see, even though it is never easy, like somebody said, Susa, to be a mother, God has designed the heart of a mother to be a reflection of His own heart. We see how God can use a mother's love to care for her child as an example of His own love and care for His people. So, Friends, today my message is entitled simply, A Mother's Heart. A Mother's Heart. Let's look at what Prophet Isaiah had to say to us. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 13 says, I will, comf I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. 
You see, there's something special about how a mother cares for a child. Whether the, that child is born, is naturally born to them, or they have been adopted as a baby. The parents and the mothers will always care for them the same way. The heart of a mother is to love. That's it, to love. Now, how many of you have gone and watched this movie, Breakthroughs, recently that was shown in, during Easter period? It is a lovely movie. I'm so surprised that this movie was released into our cinema. And there was not even a caption that said for non-Muslims only. It was a wonderful movie. For those of you who missed this movie, it, basically the gist of the story is that there was this boy by the name of John Smith who was adopted to this family. Her adopted mother is is uh, called Joyce Smith. And so one day, he, he was sent to another town to play basketball because he loves basketball. You know, it was a competition. And so one day, he and his two friends walked into an icy lake and they were playing and fooling around with one another. And they were advised to leave that lake because the ice was very thin. But the three of them chose to continue to play on and suddenly the ice gave way. And the three of these young children fell into the icy cold water and they were struggling to get out of the water. John Smith was helping his friend to get out of the icy water but as he was helping him, his friend's leg happened to kick him in the face and he fainted and he drowned. He drowned for quite some time. Finally, when the firemen came to look for him, it was a miracle that they, looked, that they were able to retreat because the lake was rather deep. But by the time they extracted his body, he was in a coma. He was in a coma and he was sent to a local hospital and he was still in a coma and the doctor tried to resuscitate him, but they could not. So finally, the mother arrived and it is as if that the doctor is telling the mother, this is the moment for you to have your last look at your son. The mother walked in. The mother, for those of you who saw the movie, she went in, she began to break down, she began to cry, she began to wail, she began to call upon the name of Jesus, she began to call upon the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to come and touch her son. The doctors did everything before the mother arrived three times or four times. They tried to resuscitate him, but couldn't. There was no heartbeat. When the mother called upon the name of Jesus, called upon the Holy Spirit, come and touch him, initially there was nothing, but finally there was a heartbeat. And she said, there's a heartbeat. Everybody, all the medical team rushed in. And he was still in a coma. They helicoptered him to another hospital. The doctor also said, he will never be able to survive 24 hours. He's going to die. But the mother believed in God. The mother stayed with him throughout his, throughout uh, when he was in the hospital. I know many of you probably cried buckets because I have a WhatsApp chat. Something, wow, I cried until my eyes bengkak already. They say, swollen. Yeah, some say they hardly cry. 
Because they say, Pastor, what they journey through, I journey even more than them. I say, okay, granted. <laughs> Understand. They cried. The point I'm saying is that it was her adopted, his adopted mother that stayed throughout with him. The father did not even step into the room to look at his, to look at his son. He just told the wife, I'm going to stay outside. He dare not. He couldn't see his son. That is the heart of a mother. Today we are going to learn from the life of this Gentile woman or Canaanite woman. We have learned during Mother's Day sermon, the life of Mary. I think it was last year that we learned about, or two years back we learned about the story of Jochebed. Moses' mother. Today we want to learn from the life of this Canaanite woman how, you know, we can look at this mother's heart. Shall we stand together as we read from Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28? Let's all read aloud together. This is the Word of God. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. And Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Now I want you to remember verse 24. This is, just, this is what Jesus replied to her. I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Let's move on, verse 25. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted and her daughter was instantly healed. Let's take a seat. So here we learn that Jesus left Galilee and went into Tyre and Sidon. These two places are gentle territories. In other words, Jesus has already left Israel, entered the gentle territory. There, a gentle woman, as we have just read, approached Jesus for help. The New Living Translation identifies her as a gentle woman, but the NIV calls her a Canaanite woman. Now, who are the Canaanites? The Canaanites were not respected by the Jews, and they were despised. They were a wicked, idolatrous people descended from Noah's grandson, Canaan, who was a son of Ham. Canaan was cursed because of his and his father's sin against Noah. The Canaanites are mentioned over 150 times in the Bible. You see here, the woman came and a woman, this mother's heart was for her daughter. Now imagine with me for a moment, she was, go, she was willing to go to a place 
whereby she may be despised because she is not a Jew. She was a Canaanite. In other words, she is orang asing. She went anyway because of the love that she had for her daughter. And she knew that this was the only hope for her daughter, the only way out for her daughter. So the first thing we see in this Canaanite mother's heart is that a mother's heart is caring. A mother's heart is caring. Even she knew that she may be despised, she still went to Jesus because she cares greatly for her daughter. Her daughter is suffering. When her daughter is suffering, the mother is also suffering. That's why when your, a, a child is sick, a mother will be worried. A mother will never be able to go and sleep soundly. So the daughter suffers, the mother suffers. So that's the reality of life. You see, most fathers, I'm a father myself, would rarely wake up and take the temperature of the children when they are sick. Yeah. They will snooze through. <laughs> Snooze-matic until the next day. Okay. Well, when I was sick, my mother took care of me. My dad sleeping. When my two children are sleep, uh, sick, Pastor Chabi is the one who wakes up. Sometimes Pastor Chabi will tell me, hey, you sleep in their room, they come and sleep so that I don't have to walk out and touch them, so that I can touch them. I told her, never mind, let them sleep with me, you sleep in their room, no, you won't touch. The only thing you touch is when, you, when the alarm clock rings the next day. No, no I'm not whacking the, 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 the fathers, No because I'm also a father. But this is what is happening to many fathers. Most of the time, it is the mothers who really take care of the, the children. Verse 22 says, when she went to see Jesus, she said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. She did not say, Have mercy on my daughter. What do you think she asked Jesus to have mercy on her and not on her daughter? It is because simply of the compassion of the love that she has and the care for, that she has for her daughter. She suffers together with her daughter even though she herself is not demon-possessed. So I know that God has designed mother's hearts in this way. Someone who cares about us even when it seems that nobody cares. The scripture in Isaiah that was quoted at the beginning of this message was this, that God has designed the heart of a mother to portray His own care and compassion so that when we look at a mother's love, it helps us to understand God's love for us. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15 says, Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. That is the promise that God gives to all of us here this evening. Even if that was possible, that were possible, I would not forget you. That means you are remembered. 
every minute, every second, every year, even now you are being remembered. He doesn't forget you. Now God asks a question in such a way that the answer is obvious that a mother can never forget her baby. And God says His love is even stronger than a mother's love for her baby. You know, I just celebrated my birthday last month and we went out for a dinner. The auntie that I always take, took out, she wanted to buy me dinner and so she, we were eating dinner together and my mother began to talk to Pastor Chai B. Take food for him now. Take food for him. Take that for him. Take this for him. So, I know Pastor Chai B, her temperature is rising already. <laughs> her temperature is rising. So finally, I think my auntie that went out with me also temperature also rising. So she looked at my mother, both of their sisters. Hello, he's a grown man now. He can take himself. Why well, you keep on asking the wife to take for him? She quickly said, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, while all, all this was being exchanged, I did, it's not that I sat quietly and said, yeah, take for me, lah, take for me. No, no, I told my mother, it's okay. I know what to take. I know how to take. No, you don't know how to take. Ask her to take. So the thing now is this, that no matter how old you are, if your parents are alive, especially your mother is alive, your mother will always make sure that you eat well. In, your, in her sight, you are always a toddler. That is why my mother keeps asking her to take for me. It's not, that, it's not as if I'm not eating, I'm eating. But I told my mother, don't after I become pig. <laughs> That's what. God has created a mother's heart to be caring and loving. He uses a mother's hearts to describe his own care for his people. So friends, just if your mother knows how to care for you like this, no matter how old you are, God cares for you even more lest you think that God has forgotten you. You see, why men are not doing this? Because men, God has wired us to be very task-orientated. We just want to finish the task at hand, a project at hand. That's why very few men can multitask. Women, they can multitask. Because women are wired to be more relational. They speak more. They care for you more. Men, they, we are more task-orientated. Secondly, the heart of a mother is discerning. Matthew chapter 15, verse 22 says, For my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Now the mother discerns that the problem is a demon, not her daughter. I'm sure... The mother knows that her daughter is never a perfect daughter. She would have been naughty. She would have hurt her. She would have grieved her with her words. She's not a perfect daughter. Many of us who are parents will know that our children are never perfect. We have challenges with our children. 
It's just that sometimes we don't share it to others. But within families, we know that we face challenges with our children because they are not perfect children. And so, what happened was that when her mother saw something that was happening to her daughter, she knew that she was not misbehaving. She discerns that something is wrong with her daughter. And she found out that it was a demon that was causing her daughter all this problem. Now, I'm not saying that when your children misbehaves at home, you take out this scripture and say, demon, demon there. <laughs> Don't spiritualize everything. Yes, there may be times that it could be a spiritual thing, but just because your children misbehave, the first thing you jump in is that it has got to do with demons. Don't give the demons too much credit. When we bought an apartment, a sub-sale apartment about 10 to 15 years back, we moved into this apartment which we are currently staying what happened was that we, it's a three-room apartment, so Caleb gets to stay in one room, Asher gets to stay in another room. And at, time, at, at, at the time, Caleb was, I think, around five to seven years old. And at night, about 10 p.m., he will wake up and he will cry and he will scream and then we will walk into the room and we'll ask him, what's wrong? And he keep pointing to the cupboard. He said, there's a monster there. There's a monster there. So we calm him down and we tell him, no, there's no monster. You see, daddy opened the, the cupboard. There's no monster. There's only clothes hanging. No monster. Say, go to bed. Then as we close the door, I always had a private word with Pastor Chaibi. He said, maybe this little guy wants to sleep with us. So say monster, so abandon the, come and stay with us. Yeah, I mean, children are capable of that. So subsequent nights, the same thing. Monster, monster, monster. Okay. We went in, nothing. Closed the door, calmed him down. When, after it recurred a few times, I told my wife, something is not right. Why only the cupboard? Why not other place? Why only the cupboard? So we began to pray and to cleanse his room for him. So this is something which is spiritual that happened to him. We're not saying that he is trying to, to gain our attention. No, it was something that was real to him. So we prayed. And since then, all this stops. Pastor Chabi also have told me also that when I'm out for ministry, I come back quite late. She told me that a few times she was ironing she could see a dark figure standing at one corner staring at her. Yeah? My dog also, we've got a dog. After this, I'll show you the photo of my dog. One time also, a few times he will walk to a certain area, and always look at the same direction. He'll start barking. We went, nothing. But always, sometimes he'll walk to that position, they start to bark. So finally, we had to cleanse the whole house. It's not that we never cleansed the house when we went in. But it happened. So we had to do a, a total cleansing. Again, 
on our own to clear off these things. But that one is another story. Because later, as, as we were cleansing the place, we were opening up the drawers, we found something. So we returned to the owner. So since that thing, that time, everything stops. Okay. So it is a spiritual thing that, that happens. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Friends, it is real. That you and I, we do spiritual battle. But I'm not saying that you start to look at the behind every door, there's a demon. No, not that. When there is, we deal with it. So what, whenever or whatever happens to your child, have a discerning heart. You know, the best thing is to pray. And then battle the spiritual forces of evil if there is, so that the root cause of the problems can be dealt with. So moving on, we have learned that the heart of a mother's heart is caring. A mother's heart is discerning. Now we'll see that a mother's heart is helpful. Matthew 15 verse 25 says, But she came and worshipped him. Pleading again, Lord, help me. She was really desperate. She wanted to see her daughter released from demon possession. And she had heard that Jesus was around the area and the things that he had done, he is the answer. In Mark chapter 7, verse 25, talks about the same story, but it says that in fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. She wanted to help find release for her daughter. Probably at the beginning, she, didn't, she did not know what to do. She could have talked to her neighbours, hey, look at my daughter, what shall I do with her? She could, when, the doc, when the neighbours couldn't give her any answer, she probably went to see a physician and say, hey, this is my daughter. And the physician check, 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 check everything, say, oh, your daughter is fine. There is nothing wrong with her. Medically, she is fine. And so the, okay, so cleared medically. So what does she do? She heard about Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Well, what did she hear? Well, probably she heard that Jesus is able to heal those with evil spirits. Earlier in his, earlier in his ministry, Jesus had healed many with evil spirits from this same region where the woman was, formed, was from. Luke 6 verse 17 to 18 says, When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Those troubled by evil spirits were healed. So the mother heard about this good news. And then when she heard that Jesus was in the area, she went to see him. She was willing to do whatever it took to help her daughter. This is what a mother would do. A lot of mothers will, con will consult a doctor when a child is sick, but when a doctor cannot seem to figure out the sickness, the mother will consult Mr. Google for answers. Yeah, right now, 
you can get anything from Google. And then when you go and see a doctor, you can tell the doctor, hey, Google said you can use this medication. So now you're teaching the doctor. Or they, they, may, they may even be calling up their cell group members and say, help, I have this problem, what should I do? So this mother went the extra mile to help their children. I want to tell you, that I want to submit to you that probably her own daughter did not even know that the mother went the extra mile to seek help for her. I submit that to you. You know, often our children also may not have any idea that the mothers or the fathers went the extra mile to help them. They will never appreciate that. Sometimes they don't even say thank you until they have their own children. Then they will say, ha, huh, now I remember how difficult it is that my mother had to deal with me because now I have my own children. Mothers don't seek recognition, although it is nice to be recognized at times. They just want to help. So we've learned that a mother's heart is caring, a mother's heart is discerning, a mother's heart is helpful. Fourthly, a mother's heart is persistent. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. This woman was very persistent. She will not take no for an answer. You see, there are few people in this world that will go the extra length for their children than a mother. Not many people will go through it other than a mother. If mothers run into a roadblock, they will seek another option. Some of us may look at these verses and think Jesus is really harsh. He is really hard on, he came to hard on this woman. Because why? Not only does Jesus appear unwilling to help her, but he just compare her to a dog. The word for dog in the Greek text here means kunarion. There are a few words for dogs. But in this context, it is called kunarion. The word dog that Jesus used refers to a household pet. It is not referring to a dog that runs on the street, a wild dog that runs on the street. That is a different Greek word. Here Jesus is saying that using the word kunarion on her. Now how many of you have dogs at home? One. Oh, quite a number of us are dog lovers. We have a poodle. We call him Prince. That's Prince. We finally arrived at this name because while we were driving, when the dog was very young, small, few months old, we had a family meeting in a car. So what shall we name this dog? We came up with a few names. Caleb was the one who said, Prince. Oh, I quite like it. So his name settled. Now he is called Prince. He's a lovely dog who will greet us every time we come back. He will always be seated behind the door. The minute we open the main door, he's already there looking up at us, little tail wagging. 
We love Him, we feed Him, we bathe Him, we send Him for grooming as well. He has His own dog food that we feed Him every morning before we come to work. We don't share our food with Him, He has His own food. In other words, He eats His dog biscuits. We eat human food, He eats. Okay, He doesn't eat rice, He doesn't eat noodles like us. Of course, sometimes Pastor Chaibi would always cut apples and cut papayas for him. Every, every time she's at the sink, he'll run and then he'll start to jump. And then he'll feed Prince with this. So when Jesus calls this gentle woman a dog, he was using the terminology of a pet dog, not a street dog. A pet dog will quickly finish off the scraps that falls under the table. For those of you who have dogs in, your, in the house, sometimes whatever you eat suddenly it falls. The min- Before you can even pick up your dog, will ambush it already. Clean it up for you like a vacuum cleaner. You see, at that time, Jesus' mission was to the people of Israel, not to the Gentiles. Basically, Jesus is telling this Gentile woman that to lose his focus on Israel is a violation of his mission. It would be like a father taking food from his children, that is the children of Israel, in order to throw it to the Canaanites. Jesus said, that is not what I plan to do now. The woman was so offended because Jesus did not use the analogy of a street dog on her, but the analogy of a pet dog. She fully understands that she's not looking for the food for the children. But she was looking, she's telling Jesus that even the scraps, that means the blessings, the whatever little blessings that you have for us Gentiles, I am willing to accept it if only that can touch the life of my daughter. Not the full blessings, whatever that is left, I'm willing to take it, the scraps. This really touches Jesus' heart. This is really amazing because by this, she shows how great her faith is. That leads me to my final point. The heart of a mother is full of faith. First, we have a mother's heart is caring. A mother's heart is discerning. A mother's heart is helpful. A mother's heart is persistent. Matthew 15, verse 20, it says, Dear woman, Jesus said to her, said to her Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And a daughter was instantly healed. Now, it is very interesting to note that Jesus only tells two people that they have great faith. He used this on two Gentiles. And they recognize that Jesus has all power and authority. One is this Canaanite woman, and the other is the Roman centurion that seeks help for his paralyzed servant who is in terrible pain. You can read about this from Matthew chapter 8, 5 to 10. Both this gentle woman and the gentle centurion recognize who Jesus is and have great faith in Him. The centurion says, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. The Canaanite woman says, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall, uh, fall beneath their master's table. Both of, the, both of them were full of faith. Now, to be full of faith, two things are needed. First, we need to recognize who we are. We are undeserving. We are unable. 
and unworthy. Once you recognize your position, then look at the second, second thing. We need to recognize who Jesus is. He's the all-powerful God of the universe who can do all things. You see, as we recognize these two things and exercise our faith, it will grow and we can pass this on to our children and it can have an impact on our family as well as the next generations and on our society through our children. That is why just now we have Jeevan and his family come up on stage to model, to demonstrate for all of us to see how to do the family devotion or family altar and why we have got to do it because you are passing your faith to the next generation. You are teaching them the Word of God. If you and I, we don't teach them the Word of God, other faith will teach them their ideology, their philosophy. The TV will teach them what it means to behave like the worldly people. And our children will be with us for a period of time. And after that, they will leave us. And they will go out to wherever they may go. Whether out of, Mal out of Penang, out of Malaysia, Singapore, whatever it is. By the time it is too late for them, if they are not properly discipled by us parents. You see, to be able to pass this faith on to our children is the greatest legacy. Any mother, any parent should be working towards. But you have to have that faith because you cannot pass on to your children something that you don't have. If you have nothing, how to pass on? You cannot pass on if you don't have it. So my questions for mothers and all of us who are here this evening is, how is your faith? Do you have faith that can be passed on? Are you setting an example of faith for your children to follow? You see, having a faith like a Canaanite woman is like having the heart that God wants for you and me. A heart that cares, a heart that discerns, a heart that helps, and a heart that persists. Do you and I have that kind of heart? So how is your faith, my friends? Do you recognize who you are apart from Jesus? Do you recognize that Jesus truly is God and that He loves you and desires to pour out His peace and joy into your life? Friends, today if you are here this morning and you are not a Christian yet, today is a good day for you to come and have a relationship with God. Because God loves you more than you will ever know. He is looking and seeking out a relationship with you. He wants to love you. He wants to care for you. And He wants to call you my daughter. See, it is not a coincidence that you are here. God wants to encourage you to keep growing in your faith and to begin walking with Him in faith. I want to talk to a second group. We can have the worship team come back. I want to talk to the second group. For those of you who are Christians, 
But you find that, Pastor, I don't have that kind of faith like a Canaanite woman. I don't know whether God will see me through or not. Nobody knows the challenges that I'm going through. But God, you know, you know me very well because you say that you will never forget me. And you think that you have no faith. I want, I want to give you the good news. The good faith that God requires is a small mustard seed. It doesn't require the seed of a papaya. A mustard seed which is even smaller, the tiniest seed in the whole wide world. But he, he wants you to exercise that faith. The Canaanite woman came to Jesus and recognized that only you can help me. If you have a problem, will you have that faith of the Canaanite woman who will come to Jesus and say, I have an issue? Will you be as persistent as that Canaanite woman who model for all of us to see here this evening? You know, it requires faith. The Canaanite woman went to Jesus. There is action on her part. She didn't stay at home and say that if only Jesus will come to visit me. She took the step of faith and walked out to seek Jesus. Today, this principle applies to all of us. That the presence of God is here. The altar will be opened shortly. Whatever your challenges may be, God wants to meet you here tonight, today. Whether We know that we're celebrating Mother's Day, but we know that we are not living in a perfect world, perfect environment. We, save, we have challenges. The altar is open. If you have, you just come because you're not coming to Pastor Thomas, honestly. You're coming to God and say, God, here I am. Even if I don't come to you, you know. You know what I'm going through. But you're waiting for me to come to you. And as your child, I will come to you just as I am. And I know that you can touch me. Let's stand together as we worship God.